Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We are pleased to be joined by Professor David Schultz from Hamlin University, political science and legal studies. And David, it's been a while. It's good to visit with you. It's great to visit you with again. It's been a while for the two of us, although I've been on CCO a couple of times since the last last few weeks, but good to be with you again. Yeah, and David, um, just so much big news, almost unprecedented stories Mm -hmm. revolving around the run for president. Let's start with one, and that is one of the candidates, the frontrunner in the GOP, former President Donald Trump, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments on the Colorado ballot case. Will Trump be allowed on the ballot? Give us your read on that and and how that hearing went from your perspective. Okay, just for a little bit of background, what's happened is that there's been arguments across the country that what's called the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment, which was adopted after the Civil War, there's an argument that says that based upon that clause, Um, individuals such as Donald Trump um, could be excluded from 
um, appearing on the ballot in the 2024 election uh, because they had engaged in insurrection. And particularly in the case of Donald Trump, the argument is for the things that he did surrounding the January 6, 2021 um, um, attack on the Capitol. Several states, including Minnesota, um, had cases regarding this. Minnesota said, no, he gets to stay on the ballot. But the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that, A, Donald Trump um, was an insurrectionist. Two, the clause of the 14th Amendment applies to him, and therefore um, he can be removed from the ballot. Case went to the Supreme Court. This Thursday, the Supreme Court heard it. And based upon what I heard in the oral arguments and the questioning, I would be incredibly surprised if the Supreme Court keeps him off the ballot in Colorado or anywhere else. And they they asked a lot of questions. Um, very few of them looked like they were sympathetic to the Colorado case. But what I think they're going to do, I think what they're then going to say is that the way I've been describing it, the Supreme Court's going to decide not to decide. And what I mean by that, they will say that the president um, can stay on the ballot because the Colorado Supreme Court cannot act, no state can act to disqualify anybody from office until Congress passes what's called enabling legislation to explain what is an insurrectionist and the procedures that have to be. So I would be surprised. So so right now, if, if I were a betting man, you know, the quarter in my pocket, I would sure. say somewhere between a 9-0 and an – let's say 9-0 or an 8-1 opinion ruling in favor of, of Donald Trump. So he stays on the ballot. Um, and that, that there's been a lot of a lot analysis on that line that based on what, what people heard from that, the oral arguments and the questions asked by the court, that th- there didn't seem to be a lot of interest for the court to get too far into the weeds on this. Exactly. You're exactly correct here. Um, is that the, the court, the Roberts court right now, Chief Justice Roberts is this chief justice, um, wants as much as possible for the court not to be involved um, too politically in, in too many events there. And he's worried about the court's reputation, which has taken a hit recently. And I think he remembers, as many of the listeners out there might remember, nearly a quarter of a century ago, the Supreme Court was heavily criticized in this decision, Bush v. Gore, where its decision essentially gave the presidency to George Bush. And lots of people criticized, criticized the court for that. And I think the court's hesitant to, to wade into us again. And I think part of what we heard also, what the court was saying on Thursday, was that shouldn't, at the end of the day, elections be decided by the people and not by the courts? And, and I think that's probably the right answer. That's what I've been thinking the court's going to do. And what's going to be kind of interesting also is if that's where they go, if that's where they go in saying that Trump should be allowed to stay on the ballot, that this is really not a matter for the courts, this is similar to what Chief Justice Hudson said for the Minnesota Supreme Court you know, back you know, several weeks ago when the Minnesota Supreme Court said we're not going to take him off the ballot. So it may be in some interesting ways the Minnesota Supreme Court kind of anticipated or foreshadowed, whatever word you want to use, or I think the U.S. Supreme Court is headed. 
We are pleased to be joined by Professor David Schultz from Hamlin, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Another court decision, uh, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, basically flat out said that citizen Trump does not have immunity from what he may have done as president. He is now just like everybody else in the eyes of the courts. Exactly correct. And, and, and what the court said there is that to, to, to grant an a, a ex-president um, exemption, basically immunity for anything he did as president of the United States, really says that presidents are above the law, that presidents potentially get to do whatever they want, and, and the court really wasn't willing to go along with it. And if I think about these two decisions, what we're going to call it, the, or the two cases, the immunity case at the Court of Appeals and the Supreme Court oral arguments on the insurrection clause, for, for many people, uh, I think it, it might be reflecting what most of us think might be the right answer if you think hard about it. And what I mean by that is that should the people get to choose who gets to pick who gets to be president of the United States? I think most of us would say yes. Um, should any person be given a get out of jail free card or an exemption from any criminal liability? I think most of us would say no. So, so I think both of these decisions might reflect what I think most of us ordinarily think should be the right answer. Certainly not everybody. Okay, so now the question becomes, what happens? This was the Court of Appeals. This was the Court of Appeals decision in terms of immunity. Trump has until this, I think at the end of this week, to appeal the decision. The Supreme Court could take the case, but I think what's more likely, what I think is more likely, is that the Supreme Court will say, no, we're not going to take the case, send it back to the district court level for a trial, the idea being that let's hold a trial. If, in fact, the president is is acquitted, then the Supreme Court doesn't have to hear the case. If he's convicted, then maybe it works its way all the way up through the um, you know through the courts or something like that. That's my intuition. Can't guarantee it. But both of these cases, though, together will have uh, are having a I think dramatic impact upon the 2024 presidential election and. For people who have been asking me, how soon will the Supreme Court decide the insurrection clause case, I think it's going to be a fast decision because we have other primaries. We have, what, Super Tuesday. Minnesota's primary, I believe, is March 5th. So I think they want to do this really quickly. We are going to break. We'll come back much, much more in just a huge week of political news. Uh, We'll get into the special counsel decision on the Biden documents case. What it said about the differences, and this we haven't heard a lot about, the difference between the Biden classified documents and the Trump classified documents. So much focus has been put on what was said about maybe the mental capacity of the sitting president of the United States, but but in... uh, that statement was talk about how these cases were indeed different, and that is very interesting. Um, and then we'll we'll get into the prospects of Biden maybe stepping aside before the election in uh, the fall of this year. Uh, it has happened before in recent memory. 
those old enough to remember would remember Lyndon Baines Johnson saying he would not seek election or re-election in 1968. So we'll, we'll get into all of that with David in a moment here on News Talk. E3O-WCCO. We are joined by Professor David Schultz from Hamlin University on this Saturday here at News Talk E3O-WCCO. Just some huge stories regarding the presidential election here in 2024. Uh, the special counsel's report on the Biden classified documents case came out. Charges won't be pressed, but it, it called into question his age and ultimately his fitness for office, and that has dominated the headlines, David. You're absolutely correct. I mean, it's a, it was it was a massive report, over 300 pages, and also, you know, I skimmed through it this um, this past week just to make sure that I, I knew it was in there. And what a lot of people are referring to is is a passage in the memo in the beginning that says that the, that the special prosecutor, among other reasons, was choosing not to prosecute because. Um, Biden was at an age where very few people would get prosecuted and also questioned his mental capacities. And also a, a passage like that appears in the report. So that, that's the part that everybody's been kind of you know, you know, grasping onto. But if you read through the entire report, and this is where we were headed here, is that the special prosecutor also notes some specific differences potentially between the Trump case, which is going to be in Florida, versus this decision here. And in the case of Biden, what, it, what the pro- prosecutor argues is that um, Biden, once it w- he realized that he had these documents, fully cooperated with the special prosecutor, in fact, invites them in, um, works with them to help find and assess and gather all these documents. That's sort of the first thing. And in the process also notes that anything that Biden had taken to his home, he did so either by mistake or in the mistaken belief that these were his own personal documents, mm. um, documents where he put his notes on. And, and, and without the prosecutor um, um, judging the merits of the Trump case, he says, in the case of Trump, it looks like it's different. It looks like there that Trump made a decision to take these documents, knew that he took them. Once he had them, him and his attorneys, uh, again, members of the special prosecutors writing it, um, um, once he knew they had them, um, refused to disclose them to the Justice Department, denied that they had them, and it took eventually a subpoena from the Justice Department um, to, to go in and gather those documents from the Mar-a-Lago. So the prosecutor here, and remember, this is a prosecutor um, uh, who, who, was, who was independent, you know, um, independent, even though he's reporting to Merrick Garland, reached the conclusion that there are some fa- big factual differences here that potentially deserve to treat the case, the two cases differently. And, and David, I want to bring up maybe a philosophical point on this. This is available for all Americans to read. Take the time and read the entire report. But I think we're all so reliant on social media reports or headlines mm-hmm. or sound mm-hmm. bites or what we see mm-hmm. on the news that, that we don't take the time to read the entire report and digest everything this special counsel had to say. You're, you're absolutely correct, because you're right. When, I, when the first news came out, um, and I think it might have been like about 
what about Thursday? I think it was maybe Thursday night or sure. something like that. Yeah. I'm forgetting the exact time. Um, all the headlines and all the social media hit with the uh, hit with the the lead story uh, all about arguing that it was Biden's um, frailty or feeble-mindedness, et cetera, et cetera. And so I figured I had to read the, I had to read the reports. So I think I can't imagine. Might have been Thursday night or Friday. Sure. I, I, I took quite a few hours to read it through like that. And like I said before, there's a little bit of a memo in the beginning which talks about it. There right. is somewhere in the middle 200s or almost page 300 where it talks a little bit about all the different reasons why they chose not to prosecute. The reference to, to Biden's um, um, cognitive capacities, mental capacities, um, is, is, is an infinitesimally small little part. It did, not, it did not sort of say, well, listen, the reason why we're not prosecuting him is because he was unaware of what he's doing, that he was um, you know, mentally, I don't know, incapacitated, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's, it's, I, I almost want to say it was like a gratuitous line that was thrown in at some point. And there's lots of people back and forth who are saying, well, was, was this intentional? Was this mean-spirited? Some people are saying, well, this is, this is an effort um, to try to sabotage um, Joe Biden. I, I don't know what it is, but, but at the end of the day, um, a very small part, but it almost doesn't matter. Almost doesn't matter now because what I think is happening is that there is a, I think, a script been written. There's a script been written, whether it's good or bad, about Biden's capabilities or capacities mentally. And this report sort of reinforce or parts of it, the way it's been interpreted, reinforces that. And I'll certainly say Joe Biden's press conference um, on Thursday certainly didn't help him at all um, in terms of things. So, so, I, so, so it's a damaging report, even if the, the sections about his mental capacities was only a very small part of it. Yeah, and and that that's almost become the theme of of comparing one person's fitness for office versus the other versus the litany of issues facing the country. Not defending Biden, not defending Trump, even though Trump's only a few years younger in in reality, and has certainly had his shares of gaffes in the mm-hmm. political spotlight over the years. So the, the, one's certainly not perfect when it comes to that o- over the other. But but there are gigantic issues. We're nine months away from the election, um, whether it's domestic or, or mm-hmm. whether it's interna- uh, the border crisis, Ukraine, right. uh, Israel, Hamas, war, China. The, the, there's a lot on the plate of these potential next presidents. You're absolutely correct, and we would hope that that's what we'd be talking about. We'd be hoping that we'd be having a serious debate about about the issues and how to approach those type of issues, or about the fact that what in the next few weeks we're facing a potentially another government shutdown. We have to expand or ex- basically extend the the debt limit. These are all far more important issues that affect us on a day to day basis. But instead, what we're spending all of our time on. Um, is especially in the social media, is things about personality. It's about um, about gaffes and so forth. And I'm not saying these gaffes aren't important. They're not part of an overall assessment mm-hmm. of fitness and character. But we really need to focus more um, on, on the issues as opposed to less of the personality stuff. A couple other things that are very interesting. President Trump, uh, 
on the campaign trail has been wielding his political influences. We've seen this in races since he left office and endorsements, etc. It hasn't gone particularly well, endorsed candidates in most circumstances. But he seems to still be wielding a great deal of influence. The new Speaker of the House, Speaker Johnson from Louisiana, it appears President Trump had a great deal of influence on ultimately that decision. And then beyond that, it seems as though that he had a big role in scuttling this Ukraine-slash-Israel-slash-border deal. You're absolutely correct. He's not been successful um, since he—well, actually, even when he was president, and, and since he's left the president, you're right, in terms of getting candidates of his elected. He's had a few, but certainly not major success, but his influence— is in the House is tremendous, and partly because the Republicans have such a narrow majority that that a defection of just a few people can cost them. And he has enough hardcore supporters, a small, small number, that they're with him, that that's basically able to scuttle um, any major deals. Even though out there, the vast majority of Congress, Republicans and Democrats, do support supporting our allies, such as, such as um, Ukraine, Israel, are concerned about wanting to pass a border deal, which was a bipartisan compromise last week in the U.S. Senate. But this is the case of where sometimes a minority um, has so much influence that it can basically thwart the majority. And Trump has enough influence with that majority or that minority that he's he's got the leverage. He's got a leverage right now. Professor David Schultz joining us from Hamlin. We only have a minute or two left. I wanted to get into a topic, and in this looks back into the history books. Lyndon Bain Johnson took over when President Kennedy was assassinated. He was reelected in 64, but chose not to run for reelection in 68. Hubert Humphrey was the Democratic nominee, Richard Nixon. Of course, Nixon won the presidency. Um, so that that that's maybe the most recent of of a sitting president deciding not to run for re-election. That revolved around Vietnam and in the turmoil associated with Vietnam. But do you think there is a chance a sitting president Joe Biden would step aside because we're still a long way from the Democratic and Republican conventions? We know that challenges President Trump. Do you think there's a chance? that it may not be Trump versus Biden in November. It's a possibility at this point. I don't think it'll be Biden's own decision. Everybody's talking about how his wife, Jill Biden, exercises an incredible amount of influence about his decision, again, four years ago to decide to run. I suspect here, if at some point, if all accounts are true, um, Jill Biden pressures them to say, it may be time to go. Um, it'll happen. Um, um, but otherwise, I think he's in it. And I think same thing for Trump, unless something in terms of what we don't expect here, you know, affects him in terms of, let's say, possible criminal convictions that are dramatically erode his support in the party, which doesn't look like it. It's still looking like it's going to be a rematch from four years ago. But also, I'm going to throw something else in it, which I don't want to really say, is that they are both getting a little bit They're both older, and there could be other health problems um, that could be last-minute issues. I mean, we're a state that has experienced places or situations where Paul Wellstone's planes crashed Mm -hmm. at the last minute. Um, um, And so so things can happen. But right now, it does look like the rematch. But with that possibility that maybe the pressure mounts enough that his wife, Jill Biden, tells her husband, maybe it's time to go.
And when it happened, when LBJ stepped aside, that was an earthquake in 1968. You're absolutely correct. It was it, it was monumental because no one expected it. And when it, when he almost lost to um, Minnesota Senator uh, McCarthy um, in the New Hampshire primary, it was just a matter of what, just a few days later, he said he wasn't going to run for re-election. And, and then, as you pointed out, it put, uh, eventually the other Minnesota Senator, um, Hubert Humphrey, and here, if, if, if Biden were to step down in the next, let's say, few weeks or something like that, that would still leave plenty of time for somebody to replace him. And despite what rumors are out there, there's no indication that it's going to be Michelle Obama. Um, she's made it very clear she's not running for president. She does not want to be. I think the most likely scenarios are Governor Newsom from from California, Governor Whitmer from from uh, Michigan. Um, probably, probably those are the two most frequently named people um, who would be replacements um, if Biden were not to run, or in terms of who would probably get the most support. Wow. Interesting times. Who knows what next week will bring? Sure. You're right. You're right. It's it's, it's a new story every week, every day. Yeah, it's just amazing. Uh, David, good to visit with you. Thanks for the time. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. There he is, Professor David Schultz from Hamlin University. Good chat and very, very interesting topics, trying to lay out the, the facts as we know them, 3.33. And, oh, by the way, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, uh, read, read that report. Uh, I, I think if more of us did that, it might be better than just sound bites and, and headlines and uh, people deciding exactly what we hear. It, it is open to all of us. Read uh, the report on the Biden documents case. 100% of it. Give it a try. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 